In 1968, Iron Butterfly were the monarchs of San Diego's exploding psychedelic scene when they released this hardish organ song, Inagata de Vida. It was a hit. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was too long to play on the radio. And that's today's genre Songs Too Long for the Radio, which I'm calling Long Song Silvers. Wait, hold on. But that's the that's the wrong genre. Hold on. Oh, yeah, get, get the... <clears throat> Wait, I remember. Hey, this guy sounds exactly like fucking Eddie Vedder. Could it be Eddie Vedder? Yeah. Probably. They were both from San Diego. Maybe it's his dad. Who knows? No one. All I know is that throughout rock and roll history, people have sounded exactly like Eddie Vedder. Perhaps no more evident than in 1990 with the formation of Mookie Blaylock, <laughs> who were sometimes known as Pearl Jam. But I would argue that this was actually the end of the second most Vedder-esque period in rock history, and that the most Vedtastic period started six minutes after the release of Ten, which, like the Big Bang, sent particles of baritone angst into the ear anuses of every dickbag who wanted to sing in a rock and roll band. Ear anuses? Ear anuses? And from 1991 until now, you'd be hard-pressed to turn on a modern rock station, hear a song that made you want to turn the channel and think to yourself, Fuck! I can't believe it's not better. Hello! Hey. hey, it's like that product. I can't believe it's not butter. Oh, thanks, Steve. He points to every I, joke I, I get out. We can't just on. let it hang yeah. there. We yeah. can't just let it hang. It's like a current Simpsons episode compared to an old Simpsons episode. I got it. I got it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Beyond Yacht Rock. It's a podcast of arbitrary genres. We create them. We count them down. We're the guys who gave you the internet show, Yacht Rock. And that's why you're listening to us. My name is J.D. Riznar. Is that Steve Huey over there? Hello, I'm Steve Huey. He's looking at his watch. <laughs> I don't I'm, have a watch. I'm David Lyons. Hello, how are you? And I'm Hunter. Uh, thanks, everybody, for indulging me in my decreasingly uh, clever title. And from this point forward, the genre is going to be called the Ved Ringers. Ved Ringers. Not, not I can't believe it's not Vedder, but Ved Ringers is Ved the Ringers. name. Of the Ved yeah. Ringers is a shorter name. I see why you did that. Okay. You want to explain the pun, Steve? No. Well, no <laughs> yeah, anyway. But first, let's, uh, let's So we know more about Yacht Rock than anybody in the Tampa Bay metropolitan area, so we like to throw a bone throw of a Yacht Rock song and talk about it at the beginning of every podcast. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, why don't you tell us about this song that we're listening to now? Oh, man, oh, man, do I love this one. This is, uh, this is Toto. I'll be over you and uh it's a little late for the kind of the sweet spot of yacht rock uh, having come out in 86 yeah but damn does it fit the criteria it was uh co-written by steve lukather and randy goodrum who also co-wrote oh sherry did did randy goodrum play the drums on this song no it turns out he was a terrible drummer <laughs> it's one of those ironic yeah, nicknames ironic. like when you call a fat guy tiny <laughs> Uh, or call your band Rockwell when it doesn't. <laughs> oh, it took the piss out of Rockwell. Finally. Um, but uh, back, backing vocals by Michael McDonald, which just really rams home the Yacht Rock. And the most fascinating thing about this, the music video was shot on top of the SB Lofts in downtown L.A. Oh, God. The oh, same place where Harold Lloyd climbed in the 1923 comedy Safety Last... Another ironic. Time. If you're uh, if you're into uh, 
Hollywood film locations. Of course, Harold Lloyd, the great, great, great grandfather of Yacht Rock. Of course. Yeah. He's, he was the silent Yacht Rock. <laughs> no, everybody knows the image of somebody hanging off the clock. You know, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah. I just oh. want to say that the timeline that we put out there, the uh, 76 to 84, was when the, was when the uh, charts were dominated. Right. That's, right. What, that's what it says. So it's saying, not necessarily an, you're saying it's not it's, an absolute. You're saying it is? A, it's not an absolute. No, I don't no, think it is. Especially when you have a Toto song that Michael McDonald sings yeah. background vocals on. That can slip outside the tide line and be Yacht Rock. Absolutely. Sure. This is a little too sentimental, too, but it's just the style of the late 80s. Yeah. you got to make and an exception here and there. And it's extremely mainstream, which is uh, not what we normally do with these bone well, When it's the end of Yacht Rock, you're going to be a little more sentimental than in the like party days. Yeah, and yeah. as soon as forever is through, I'll be over you. Think about that. Sounds pretty good. Do you guys want to talk about today's uh, genre? Yeah, that let's sounds do it. great. Okay. Yeah, it's the sound of my youth. Yeah, this is uh, Temple of the Dog's Hunger Strike. Real. Anybody want to talk about that real fast? <laughs> okay, there we go. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I can talk about it off, just off the top of my head. Yeah. So there was this cool band in Seattle called Mother Love Bone that everybody loved. Mm -hmm. But the main singer, he liked drugs too much and he took too many of them. Yeah, Andy, and he died. Uh, Andrew Wood. Yeah. And so the members of that went on to form Pearl Jam and then other, and then the Pearl Jam mushed up with Soundgarden and made a tribute band to Andrew Wood yeah. called Temple of the Dog. And, and I'd, I'd like show. to say, I know we're talking about Eddie Vedder. Chris Cornell blows him out of the fucking water. I'll disagree song. with you on that one. Although, although in the point of the genre, when you listen to Chris Cornell in this song, he's, he's singing doing, right now. Listen, he's doing. Listen, he's doing yeah. He's singing like Eddie Vedder because when you're in the recording studio with Eddie Vedder, you can't help but sing that yeah. way because yeah, it's so much can. fun. It's kind of like when you're podcasting in the studio with JD Riznar and you can't help but talk. Yeah, everybody starts like talking Riznar. a little bit like JD. Okay. Well, let's actually talk about this genre and not just. Uh, yeah, Hunter, take the up. captain's chair here. All right, I'm in the captain's chair. <clears throat> so, bed ringers, what are they? Well, we all know what they are because we've heard them for the past 25 years, and anytime you told somebody, hey, Pearl Jam's kind of rocking, they said, yeah, but they gave us that insert shitty band name here, and then shut you down. But let's break it down. So, uh, Vedder's vocal style is not entirely new, as Iron Butterfly showed, and maybe something by Jim Morrison, um, <clears throat> but it wasn't really embraced until the Seattle scene formed, and what they're doing is called the Yar. The Yarrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
Oh yeah. So if you're singing, (laughs) so if you're singing a normal note, got pooped a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) If you're singing a normal note, if you just tense that tongue up so it doesn't move, you end up going from I'm singing a note to I'm singing a note. (laughs) Yeah. I I googled this turn to make sure you weren't uh, just making this up off the top of your head. Fuck you. Double checking. Because I never heard it before. And somebody described it as it's like seeing the letter R right underneath everything you're saying, which is very accurate. Okay, so in this genre, yes, thank you, Steve. It's, so uh, I wanted to double add check that little me. tidbit there. He, he double checked me. I gotta do my research. Yeah. Let's listen to Eddie for a second. Hold on one second. This here's here's Eddie Vedder. Here he comes. Nice Yarl. Well, that's not him screaming. That's Chris Cornell. Yeah. But you can tell the difference yeah. between them. Chris yeah, Cornell had Eddie's, more range. Eddie's is the sonorous baritone. I, the other word I yeah. want to introduce is sonorous. Sonorous. Listen to the tone quality of Eddie's oh, resonant Jesus. baritone. I double put the word sonorous means. I double checked that word. It checks out its oh, own. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's good to have fact checkers. It's a, it's you don't want to go throwing around misinformation here. So Eddie's sound was a deep baritone, as Steve's saying. So these, for some, whatever reason, people gravitated to that. Uh, sound. Okay, so the second part of this genre, and I'll get through it quick so we can get into it, um, was basically after the release of Nevermind in 10, every company wanted a lot of Seattle bands or sound-alikes, and for some reason, they were flooded with a ton of Ven Ringers and not Kurt Cobain's. Kurt Cobain's. Kurt Cobain's. Cobain's. I love it. <laughs> so in this genre, these bands came out post-1991, the first explosion being the first few years after 10, and then there seemed to be a second explosion of bands during uh, <clears throat> doing better once Pearl Jam kind of dropped off the map after the post Ticketmaster fight <laughs> and they weren't on MTV anymore they weren't making music videos and, there was um, a void to be filled there was and most of these bands ended up coming from the east coast or the south hmm. Hmm. okay so shall we count them down let's do it number 10 Great listen bumper. to this first note here Gonna wait for it. This is Crash Test Dummies Afternoons and Coffee Spoons. Ooh, good title. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking good. It sounds like he's belching into the mic. That's, that's what I did during our uh, sound check. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, this is Afternoons and Coffee Spoons, an ode to Gen X slackers. I'm calling this Canadian better. Uh, this is uh, this is 100% Yarl. It's very deep, but there's no snarl. This is uh, Brad Roberts, uh, which may be the least rock and roll name of all time, and uh, he's just a happy gentleman from uh, Manitoba. Yeah, yeah. I remember this is the single after the Crash Test Dummy Smash, and it proves what we were all feeling after we heard that song, which is that uh, the Crash Test Dummies were not running for the greatest band of all time. Yeah. <laughs> now this is their second single uh, where they get a uh, they put coffee in the title so people might think they're from Seattle. Uh, I get Extra that. Extra bonus that, points. That was on part that. of the culture there. Yeah. Have you seen this dude? He's really weird looking. <laughs> like if Javier Bardem and Steve Buscemi had a baby. Well, I'll tell you something. Yeah, he's kind of like. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll tell you something. What bothers me about this song is he's singing, "Someday I'll have a disappearing hairline." And he, he was. I have, I, was I have a disappearing hairline. It sucks. He has a beautiful, thick head of hair yeah, at 52 he's like, today. He's like 50. He's 52. So fuck him. Yeah. He wow. didn't have a disappearing hairline. I have it. He gave it to me by singing that to me. He yeah. cursed me. It's like, uh, what, what's it called when when you have something? Uh, it's just a curse that you pass on by singing at something. Uh, it's like the ring. Yeah, like you're, the ring. Yeah, the ring you're, of hairlines. You're gonna hate me at fifty. <laughs> oh, I know. 
I, for this song, musically, I like the contrast between the, just this light, really inoffensive coffeehouse folk rock, and then the singer sounds and looks like post-grunge's answer to Boris Karloff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to call him Boris Yarloff. Oh, yeah! Boom! Oh, God, Boom! Puns so much. So why, do, puns. Think, why does anybody think puns are lame? They're the best. I don't know, but well, I'll amazing. tell you what is lame is saying boom after you say something clever. <laughs> yeah, but I just I just it's, dropped some science it's on you there. It's enduring. It's enduring. It's cool Steve, when Steve does it. Everyone sound, else, and it's the sound of science being yeah. dropped. But yeah, if, if you're singing like Eddie Vedder, you can't be light. It's impossible. Anything you sing is gonna is gonna sound like this impassioned funeral dirge. I I don't think that this guy ripped off Eddie Vedder. I think that this is always like what he sounded like. But then when the record companies yeah. were like, we need to sign Eddie Vedder, sounded like they they looked at this band. But their their music is garbage and they're silly. I, I don't care. He sounds like Vedder. Yeah. Sign. Did you hear the way he said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unco- and unconsciously, people heard the Vedder and was like, oh, these guys are funny. Like, oh, these guys close are enough. Funny Pearl Jam. Funny yeah. Pearl Jam. Yeah. Number nine. God, those are great bumpers. <laughs> we did these before. These are from my friend Mike Council. Oh, uh, thanks, in Mike. In Muskegon, Michigan. Thanks. Great wow. guy. Good old Michigan. Oh, here we go. Here's a good example of post-grunge vetter. Uh, this is The Calling with uh, Wherever You May Go, which is yeah. just terrible formulaic music. Yeah. Uh, but this guy has been practicing his vetter for like eight years by this point. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, I'm going to call this wuss vetter. This is like from 2001, which is interesting that they were yeah, still little, doing it. little too late. Even the video is uh, like just lame. Shot under the Sixth Street Bridge where everyone that wants to try to be thoughtful uh, goes to yeah, take a, a photo. It's good yeah. to know if you're into Hollywood locations. <laughs> yeah, uh, they also shot Repo Man there in, uh, in oh, Greece. Fantastic. Tell us more about your job, Dave. Uh, I don't uh, know. Well, I break down scripts uh, <laughs> into Let's locations. Let's talk more about Yarling. Uh, this is mostly all, all Yarl. Touches the deep end with uh, when he's sing-talking and has just a slight snarl. But it's not an angry snarl. It's more like, ew, snarl. Like he just touched a vagina for the first time and he didn't like it. This is is like every post-grunge garbage band. That's telling. Uh, This is like every post-grunge garbage band mixed into one and reduced to its blandest essence. Like they should have called themselves collective Nick... Oh, I wrote this down because it's great. Collective... Nick Creed Backle Box. Nick Creed Backle Box. Collective Nick Creed Backle Box, everyone. Great band. Great band. We'll get there, JD. We'll get there. They went, they went out of their way to find a real pretty singer. I'm yeah. this one, and then teach him to sing like Eddie Vedder. I'm related to him. He's a relative. What? I think he's an ex-relative. Can we get him on the show? I don't know. I've never met him, but he's my ex-step second cousin. He's All from right? the pretty the pretty Riznars. No, he's from the O'Toole side of the, the oh. dying side of the family. My mom has this huge family. She has a hundred cousins, like exactly a hundred cousins. But She's Irish. Um, this guy Alex Band, the singer, with a name like O'Toole. Yeah, his dad Charles Band uh, ran <laughs> that ironic. terrible. This guy's dad ran that terrible Full Moon Features. Um, Movie. We always rented their movies in the 80s, like Puppet Master. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he married... Charles Band, this guy's dad, <laughs> married my mom's cousin, okay? And I think that this kid was married, was from a different marriage, <laughs> so he's my step-second cousin, and now Charles and my mom's cousin are divorced, so he's my ex-step-second cousin. So you have Hollywood and music connections, and I you do. haven't told us before yeah, now? Yeah. What the hell? Sorry, sorry, guys. But when I moved to L.A., my mom was like... 
you have a cousin who lives there who's in a band. His name is Alex Band. And I'm like, oh, what a, clever. whatever, Mom. That's not true. I don't have a cousin in a band named Alex Band. That's made up. And now look at us. We're talking about him because he sings too much like Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Yeah. Not really, but... I, when I listen to this song, I really, I, I marvel at how, like, everybody in the 80s thought power ballads were these dumb, shitty things, and then Alternative came and took over, and they just wiped all that shit off the map, and then, like, ten years after that, power ballads sound exactly like that alternative stuff, because this is just, it's a power ballad. That's yeah, all it, it, is. it really does sound like a power ballad. Hey, congratulations. We talked through the whole song. The whole song. Yeah. You're welcome. If to we're call going late, I'm cause... blaming I'm blaming JD's family. Number eight. Ooh. Lead in. I, I feel yeah, like I, feel, I don't wanna I feel obligated to talk over this. Wait, is this not the bumper anymore? No. We can talk, we can talk now. Oh fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I have know. a lot to say. <laughs> Well, I'll just say, this is, uh, I don't want to hide it, but this is Four Non Blondes with morphine and chocolate. Let's listen to this Jarl. Not really. Here, but there are, it oh. happens in parts, right? Yeah. There it is. There's a Jarl. Yeah, she, she gets down lower yeah. and throatier. Uh, anyways, I had to get this on the list. Um, I'm going to call this Lady Vetter. Yeah, beyond beyond Vetter, the entire band is trying to sound like Pearl Jam. Yeah, this on is this. definitely grungy, and that's why they use an opioid uh, reference in in this song. Uh, <laughs> you can't deny the Yarl snarl, uh, and uh, they <laughs> later they add in a little Jeremy woo woo in there a little bit. So you know, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect bed ringer, but every now now and again she hits that bed note and you, you makes you say, I can't believe it's not better. It's nice to put a lady in the countdown. It's like, you like it's not just a male thing. Like women did it too. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're teachable. Yeah. Um, I, st I still don't care much for the, the band, though. <laughs> it's, this is like, this is like, to me, this is, her voice is like a mix of the things that I don't like about Rob Thomas and the things I don't like about the, the, the lady from the Cranberries. Are there things you do like about Rob <laughs> Thomas? <laughs> no. <laughs> List those. Go! <laughs> so this lady, this is, this lady in Four Non Blondes is Linda Perry, in case you guys don't know. That's her name. Uh, uh, any relation to Steve? Steve Perry? No, unfortunately uh. not. But she kind of look. I mean, to, if you look at her today, she looks like uh, Steven Tyler's. Yeah. Like weird. She's got that mouth. Sister, but and then she's got the last name of Joe Perry from Aerosmith. I'm just totally confused when I start to think about that. Clone. Clone. Yeah. Do you think Steve and Joe fucked and had? Oh, could be their they daughter. Prob they probably yeah. fucked. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, but she's like Linda Perry's written songs for Christina Aguilera, Adele, Gwen Stefani, and even Cheap Trick. Uh, so she didn't really have to sink down to this bed ringing. Yeah. Well, it was the '90s, and you know we were all. We didn't know any better at that point. We didn't know any better better. I got hot gossip. We didn't know too. any better. I got hot gossip about Linda Perry. Uh, she's married to Sarah Gilbert. Oh, from Roseanne. Darlene from Roseanne. Yeah. Um, Linda Perry still wears a large hat. Yeah, those known for <laughs> hats. From Four Non Blondes. That's hot gossip. Hats. Yeah, that is it. some hot gossip. Yeah. Some and hot gossip. Yeah. And then we... Breaking you know. some stories here. Yeah, so she's... Uh, that's my hot gossip. This is really boring. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. this is... Uh, the musicians set the tone. Yeah, I think so. They really benefited from the release of 10. 
there it is. That sounded a little bit like Steven Tyler there. Yep. Oh, well, they probably... Yep. Everybody yeah, right? that's... Number seven. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't mind. And all in singing techniques from the family. All right, this is uh, this is Silverchair tomorrow. Thing about me, I'm suspicious of everything that comes out of Australia. And this oh, is, this is the band that did it for me right here. That is your trademark. Yeah, I. Uh, what we got here is a, a record exec's wet dream. He's a teenager who looks <laughs> adorable. Like, he's he's a teenager who looks like Kurt Cobain and sings like Eddie Vedder. Send him to marketing and let's all get rich. So See, I, I, I hear him sounding a little bit like Kurt Cobain as well. Like he kind of switches between Cobain and Vedder sort of every every line or two. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot to go with on here. Is he Aussie Vedder, pre-pube Vedder? Or lab creator created better. I don't know. I'm I'm very excited to tell this story. I just found this out when I was researching this. My wife went to a hotel party with Ooh. Silverchair when she was sex party. when she was 16. Oh, how old was Silverchair? Uh, the same age. <laughs> that's great. That's a really fun fact. Yeah. Um, she didn't bang any of them. That's fine. At least that's what she says. Everybody thought that these guys were going to be the next Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Oh, they, no, they were fiercely marketed yeah. that way. Yeah, but yeah. it turns out they're just a harbinger of harbinger, harbinger, yeah. harbinger of all the shitty post grunge bands that were going to come Absolutely. out. Absolutely. When I, when they made their first video, they hired the same director. Um, I have his name written no, down somewhere. It, that did Mark Jeremy. Ellington. Yeah, yeah. That did Jeremy. It looks exactly like that that, that video at that time. Yeah. Because they wanted to, this is hey, this is the new Pearl Jam, and I just or Nirvana. I just want to say, I just want to be clear. JD is the only one of us who had any great expectations. No, I didn't. Yeah, I would not chair. say that everybody thought these guys were going to be what, the new Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got to listen to what comes out of my mouth and not read what's on the paper because I said everybody said and say I said. I edited what was on the paper. Oh, oh, oh. so it's the old switcheroo when you yeah, got switcheroo. You got to pay attention to what's going on in the room. It's like you're, you're fact checking your side. When yeah. we were all about to gang up on him, he changed the he changed yeah, the word exactly. at the last second. Well, you guys misunderstood what I meant when I when I wrote it down. Oh, this is a mess. Yeah, Steve, do you want to give out on and you want to call him on his bullshit here? I heard everybody said this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So. And the thing's interesting about the song well, I, too. I wouldn't say everybody. You know, you hear the song and you remember this, this part here. What you gonna do, fat boy, fat boy? It's weird because it doesn't come until like halfway through the song. It's a very yeah. unusually structured song. It's like how the the that don't stop believing chorus doesn't come through half till halfway through the song, and then even then it's just a guitar solo. Yeah. And I could have put Bush in this position, but Bush was more, Gavin Rosdale was more, hey, I'm a handsome Eddie Vedder, but I try to sing more like Kurt Cobain, so I picked these guys. Number six. Oh, yeah. Little yeah. jam band. This will be the only time jamming comes up in this. <laughs> Alrighty, this is a Hootie and the Blowfish with Drowning. Drowning! 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 It's a song about racism in the South. 
where uh, Darius Rucker really puts on his uh, Seattle consciousness cap. <laughs> I don't know what to call this, but I'm gonna call it Country Better. Anybody have any other suggestions? No, that's fine with me. All right, that's great. You know, this is about race. Is this about racism or is it about like people who discriminate about guys who sing too much, like Eddie Vedder? Like at some point, he says he has a line that's something like, "You know, I'm not like him," and he's like, he's saying, like, "I'm not like Eddie Vedder." Yeah, I sing like him, but I'm just trying to sell. Don't quit, yeah. quit, quit not buying my record because I sing like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> quit not buying my record, everybody. <laughs> I mean, what we well, got? People paid attention to that because this album sold like what was it? Like, it's like 16 million copies. It's like oh. one of it's one of the 20 best-selling albums of all time. Yeah, one third, one third of in Uriah Heep's entire catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 16 million out of 6 billion people isn't isn't that much. A lot of people were <laughs> but discriminating is, against Hootie. Yeah, I mean, you, the best-selling alternative rock album of all time. We can bitch all we want about how alternative it really is, but it's the best-selling of all time, yeah. and that blows my mind because yeah. I don't think it's that interesting. And yeah. this is you know, a country There's DJs girl. in Tampa that have 100,000 <laughs> followers on Twitter. It doesn't mean shit. <laughs> And this is a, this Let's is definitely refight a Twitter spat. This is this is a country yarl, and we're at song number six, and we're almost at a hundred percent bed ringer here. So, uh, you know, with, it's only gonna get better. With Hootie and the Blowfish, I'm kind of like a Republican in global warming. Like I don't believe anybody who tells me that the lead singer's name isn't Hootie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like unless you can give me, show me 100 percent proof that this guy's name is not Hootie, I don't believe it. Listen, you listen to him, he's hooting. He's hooting when he sings. Listen to listen. He's hooting, just like Eddie Vedder hoots. And is the Blowfish still tour? I don't know. But, but funny, funny thing. Darius Rucker just does country albums right now. Right. Hootie, you mean Hootie? Yeah, Hootie. Oh, sorry. Hootie. Hootie he, he's yes. country to the bone. He just he's just doing country albums. But in the early 2000s. Some exec or agent made him do R&B albums, uh, oh, and he sounds completely out of an el element. And they like paired him with Snoop Dogg. It's weird, Ugh. and I bet there's a genre in there. Ooh. But I think I think we can all agree then that if you name your band Blank and the Plurals, Blank refers to the lead singer, and that's who the lead singer is. Yep. So that's let that be a lesson. Yes. All right, 50 States and 50 Podcasts. Where are we going today, Gene? Right. We're hopping off the bus in Vermont. Oh, nothing oh. good comes from there. Bernie There's Sanders stomping one, ground. One and, uh, oh, listen, Vermont. everybody loves us in Vermont. Oh. Everybody loves hey, 50 hey, States everybody. 50 Podcasts. Oh. This is great. Vermont, Thanks for having us. Birthplace of two-time Pulitzer Prize for music finalist, David <laughs> Rakowski. He's a composer. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. go to good old uh, Dave Rakowski. Sure. Yeah, he's... Uh, it's home of hipster rock producer Doveman. Oh, Doveman, love him. And young female singer JoJo, not to be confused with former Casey and JoJo member JoJo. Right, different JoJo. Isn't Vermont's beautiful? It's yes, yeah, it's it nice. is. I've been there. And these people are cheering for us. Is it for lovers? Yeah. They're cheering for us be, on the stage. We've come Virginia. up. We've come up on the stage. It'd be nice yeah. if some of these guys cheering would uh, would rate our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, go on iTunes. Oh, wait, what's oh. this? What's this? Oh, shit, we're on stage with a band. Ooh. What band is this? I wonder what band oh, it is. Oh, this is some, it's, it's some scrubby-looking guys. Hey, you're doing my gross. surprise thing. Well, I'm surprised that we're on, on stage with... Oh, this is Fish! Oh, oh. goddammit. We're at a Fish show. Oh. This is wonderful. Ah, fish. fish is, of course, Fish is Vermont's most famous musicians. No one profited off Jerry Garcia's death more than these guys. I would argue Jimmy Buffett did. You know, I, I looked this up when you mentioned that. Trey Anastasio, according to CelebrityNetWorth.com, has a net worth of $75 million. He's 34 on the list. Number four on the list is Jimmy Buffett, the single highest, richest person that's a solo act behind Lennon, McCartney. But you After, know, after 50 wings. States and 50 Podcasts, we should turn this into the uh, Jimmy Buffett hate minute. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> This listener's music and let Dave go off. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that dude. Uh, uh, fish was. I turned down a margarita last night, specifically because it came from a margarita. I guess it's, I guess it's already the Jimmy yeah. Buffett hate minute. We just uh, <laughs> skipped it. No, somebody said, "Hey, you want a margarita?" I said, "Sure." It came from a Margaritaville margarita machine. I want to give a fact I about said, no, fish. Thank you. I want to give a fact about fish as boring as their music is. They formed in the University of Vermont in 1983, where they played cafeterias and dorms. Guys, oh, Free food, yeah. bruh. You know who was the mayor of Bullard? Burlington, Vermont at that time was Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Ah, good old Bernie. It's all checking out. This all makes Aren't sense Aren't Ben now. and Jerry from Vermont? They are. They also, hey, they are. there we go. They also started in Burlington, I believe. No shit. And they have a flavor called Cherry Garcia and fish food. Fish food, yep. yeah. Yep. Like I gotta say, I kind of like hi- hippie jam bands. I'm not super into them. I kind of like them, though. I like how loose and sloppy they sound. Like, like they're just the easiest thing in the world to listen to. Uh, the sound washes over you. Uh, not me, man. Yeah. I fucking hate hippie jam bands, mostly because I don't like hippies, and I don't like <laughs> the music that they play. <laughs> That's a good reason. If I'm going to listen to sloppy hippie jazz, I'd rather just listen to real jazz oh, yeah, played by trained musicians. I like that. Yeah. They, I mean, they're tight. They, to they're, each they're, other. they're good at what they play. They're tight, but it just feels like they're standing just a couple steps too far from their instruments. Well, that's the microphone because it's a live thing. No, it's like they're a little slow. <laughs> a little slow on the... They're not very tight anyway. Well, no, you're confusing their polyrhythms with... Sloppiness. Are you defending fish? Yes. Are you defending polyrhythms? You made me. You made me. I'm gonna out myself. Yeah, I, I think went we, to we're fish. Pulling, uh, I went to fish concerts, and I'm not proud of it at all. It's fine. Don't, you can be proud of it. No, no, I'm not gonna be proud Don't of beat it. Beat yourself up. Yeah, but you also had parties in college called Black and Tans and Metal Bands. Yeah, and that that meant more than makes up for it. I tried to. Yeah, I tried to make up for for my fish going. Listen, but, they, but they were good. They, they were good at their instruments. They weren't that sloppy. This, uh, the, their sloppiness, they meant to do it. Okay, well, let's get back on the bus. We're interrupting this fish show. Everybody's starting to give us dirty looks. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Now, let's get away, get away from this jamming. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, God. Hunter, Hunter, could you put fish back on, please? <laughs> it's uh, Fish for Frat Boys. This is Dave Matthews' band with oh. Halloween. Yeah. I'm going to call this Jazzy Vetter. Yeah, this is this album was playing at all the frat parties. No, it's not this one too. Listen to this. Listen. Wow. What the fuck is he doing? Uh, Dave, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dispute what you said, Dave, in a second. But Dave Matthews always hid his vedness. But on this one, he went in. He went all in with the yarrow and snarl. Um, I kind of liked a little bit of this album when I heard it. Um, every Dave Matthews fan I knew hated it because, and I quote, he sang angry. Uh, 
See, I always felt like he sang like a Muppet. He, sounded, he always sang like a frog to me. He did, he did, but on this particular album, he sang angry, and I attribute that to uh, Alanis Morissette uh, contributed a lot to this uh, this album. No wonder it sucks. <laughs> Ooh, meow. But uh, but I knew when I was gonna pick my 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 uh, jazzy vetter, it was gonna be this song. Did we say the name of this song? Uh, yeah, it's Halloween yeah. by Dave Matthews. Halloween. Is, is that why he's singing all spooky like? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I love stuff like this. I love when serious bands do a spooky song, and this yeah. one's particularly stupid. Uh, it could be a genre. Absolutely. Spooky yeah. songs. Halloween episode. Bands. I've got yeah. them all picked out. And it really it really speaks to the greatness of Michael Jackson because he did Thriller, which was a dumb spooky song. By yeah, but it was great. Songs. And it was great. Yeah. You had talk about a try and rap. You got Vincent Price <laughs> rapping. <laughs> no, that was a succeed in rap. And yeah, I'll damn say, right it was. I'll say the reason why Frats hated this song Halloween is because they don't really like Halloween because that's when they get in trouble for going in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old Ted dancing. <laughs> Uh, this is this is interesting too as a as a dead a Ved Ringer because it's a one time a Ved Ringer sounds like uh, the way Eddie Vedder sang in that Pearl Jam song Rats. Oh, oh yeah. which is yeah. fucking perfect. I yeah, went back it, and listened to that, and yeah. that is perfect. You listen to this, to this when they tried to get experimental. Yeah, yeah. When, once I realized uh, that Pearl Jam wasn't going to be the greatest band in my world forever was when I heard that song on verse. Oh, and because of that void, we get bands like The Calling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So because. Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam decided to put rats on verses. That's why we have the calling. Yeah, <laughs> it's we're amazing on this podcast, yeah. guys. Really, uh, really hitting them where it I man, <laughs> I, everybody I knew in college who went to see this band was like, they're such good musicians. Like everybody said the exact same thing. And to me, it's like listening to Listen. Rush, where you're like, yeah, you have talent, but why are you doing that with it? And you brought up Kermit. Yeah, it's yeah. like making an entire when you have excellent music taste, but focus on a hard organ. <laughs> no, oh, really good music. Boom! boom. Halloween. Pearls before swine. I like it better when Danzig does it. Number four. Oh, listen to this. I'm just gonna give it a second. Oh no! no, no, no. I know. Give it a second. Okay, there we go. See, at the beginning, it's a little, uh, it's a little sound gardeny. Yeah. Or so, Jeremy. Yeah. Holy Vancouver grunge! It's Nickelback. God damn it. With left. Um, I already have a Canadian vetter, but uh, I'm gonna call Chad Kroger confused vetter because when you listen to this album, 1996 Curb, he doesn't know which gr uh, grunge band he wants to sound like. Uh, they released one single off this, which was Fly, and it might be the quintessential Kurt Cobain. Wow. What's, what's the name of the song? Uh, this is Left, yeah. and it starts off like Soundgarden, as I said, but once you push past it, you get a full-on bed ringer. It's uh, Yarl and Snarl, and it's only number four, which is fucking scary because we're about to butt rock. Uh, I think every Nickelback song should be called Left because none of them are right. Yeah, baby! Yeah! yeah. That's a good one. Uh, uh, Dave tried I, to teep me up for that yeah, joke. And then it was kind of like you're at baseball, you know? You're doing baseball and you're ready. Yeah, and like a yeah. guy gives you a lob, but then another guy runs out from the stands. And steals and, like, the ball and runs <laughs> away. <laughs> hey, I'm, yeah. in, I, I'm in the captain's chair. Sorry, bro. It's okay. It's okay. It was just cute. I uh, I looked up, uh, like, when you when you I said that up. joke, I, I looked up Nickelback jokes. 
<laughs> was this and, on there? And one of them was uh, oh. Chad Kroger walks into a bar and doesn't say anything because it's not cool to ruin music. Just thought it was a good joke. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, and, you know, I, but I, when I listen to this song, I, you know, I don't know the catalog. When I listen to this song, I was like... This doesn't sound like it's by the most hated band of all time. It, it at least rocks harder than anything else we've heard so far. And, you know, even though it's like second-rate imitation grunge, it's if I wanted to dig into generic second-generation grunge, this might actually scratch an itch. Well, that's or I could just be sleepy from all the previous songs. Yeah, well, no, 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 I'll, 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 get to, I'll tell you. I listened to this full album, and I can't believe I'm going to defend Nickelback and Fish in one show. Wow. Uh, but this album isn't that bad. It's almost like <laughs> grunge. That's the best thing anybody's ever said about Nickelback. It's almost like grunge's greatest hits uh, without the backing of a record company. Um, and Steve, you also like this because it's a concept album based it on is? A, yes, based on a friend of Chad Kroger's who snuck out to meet his girlfriend and was in a head-on collision on a road leading to her house. And when that guy stumbled out of his car and opened up the other car door, out popped his dead girlfriend. What? You oh. sick fuck, Steve. That's why you you blood-rocking fuck. That's why you like this. <laughs> uh, and also, I'm so going to... Which, which part of the story is this song about? Uh, this is. I think this is when he left his house. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm also going to assume that this is, uh, this is also the reason why they were signed to Roadrunner Records, because I never fucking got that. Yeah, because Roadrunner is like a respected heavy metal label. Yeah. That's some pretty sweet organ. You always say that. Number three. Great bumper. Great bumper. Yeah. Now <laughs> uh, listen to this. It's fucking Pearl Jam. Oh, wait. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm going to do it on one of these. There you Surprise! Go. Uh, uh, it's too jangly of a guitar for Pearl Jam. Uh, yeah. Oh, listen to that. That sounds like Pearl Jam. Yeah, fuck it does. All right. If you thought Silverchair was a cynical money grab, this is the tops. This is Seven Mary Three with Cumbersome. I'm going to call these guys number better because not only did they hop on the Pearl Jam tra train, but they uh, they also threw an unnecessary number in their their name, which was the style at the time. I'm going to stand up for Seven Mary Three. Not an unnecessary number. They named <laughs> themselves after the call sign for John Baker Shit. on chips. Yes. Seven Mary Three was John. Seven Mary Four was Ponch. Mm -hmm. So every time Ponch want to call his friend, you get on the radio, I get on seven the Mary three to Seven Mary Four. Yeah, seven Mary Three, Seven Mary Four. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible way to name your band, but I will say yeah, the, the three and the seven was necessary. Well, like Hootie and the Blowfish, if if you're going to put a number at the end of your band, there better be three members to your band. And I'm pretty sure there's not. Yeah, but this is just like a fucking 70s TV reference pandering to Generation X because they knew that that was who likes grunge. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what, like the it's the only, the only reason that I would ever listen to this band. That's why I bought the CD. Like, oh, hey, you this bought is a the CD? <laughs> yeah. I worked oh, at Tower. Oh, God. I worked you at Tower. Crystal Pepsi as well? I worked at Tower Records. I stole the CD. Oh, we're both. Okay, um, that's better. We're really shaming ourselves but, today. <laughs> but I, uh, it was like, oh, Chips reference. This has got to be good. And I was wrong. Yeah, that's like if you bought a Fallout Boy album knowing it was a Simpsons reference. Yeah, oh, or we're in a band called Plow King in high up. school. 
You. Uh, this guy, who I will call Mary, because it's the only name they give me in the, in the name yeah. of the right. band. He's Seven Mary. Yeah, he's Seven Mary. Seven, seven Mary? You guys remember Seven Mary? He yeah, had a, yeah. The he had dude with the, the he, fucking... He uh, had a handlebar yeah. mustache, which was strange <laughs> in the 90s, because nobody had... Uh, yeah, hipster facial hair wasn't a thing then. Yeah, and I remember... The glasses were just starting to come out. Yeah, and, and when you look at him, like, he's styled exactly like Eddie Vedder. He has a cur the curly shoulder-length hair and, like, a dark brown jacket. Yeah. And, but you look at him, you're like, oh, Eddie Vedder's grown a mustache. And what's funny is that when I was, like, when I was, like, 12, not 12, when I was, like, 14 and watching this guy, I'm like, this is a 40-year-old man doing rock and roll. And now that I'm almost 40, I look at this guy. He looks so young now. It's like, this guy's 12. It's adorable. <laughs> uh, these guys were from Virginia, so uh, record companies were, at this point, were uh, reaching deep to find uh, bed ringers. I believe this was uh, 1996. Um, they needed to probe the cracks and crevices of America where culture was still five years behind. <laughs> so they can, so they I, can find this. This, this songs like this, I think, are the reason that indie rock doesn't rock anymore at all. Because before grunge came out, there was still this like aggressive, powerful, loud guitar strain of underground rock that you know weird, depressed, sensitive misfits could use as an outlet for aggression. Yeah. And then once the mainstream started using this as their outlet for aggression, it's like indie rock made this collective pact to rid itself of all testosterone <laughs> so that bros could never do this to their music again. <laughs> yeah, now it's all banjos and beards. Yeah. Banjos and beards. Don't New forget genre? about the suspenders. Huh? Oh, that's important. I think banjos and beards is a genre. Yeah. Well, listen, this, we'll this, explore this later. This Eddie Vedder ripping off Work for Seven Mary 3, the, this album went platinum, and it's crazy uh, to think about that, isn't it? That Seven Mary and 3 both have platinum records hanging in their studio apartments yep. today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Number two. That's that's a good question. Question mark. That's a good question. Uh, I love these bumpers. Ooh. Oh. Oh, yeah. we're just right off the bat, just fucking that. Yeah, that is dead on better. Oh, speaking of crevices, this is uh, Tallahassee, Florida's own Creed with oh. my with my own prison. The furthest, furthest you can possibly get from Seattle, but uh, aping redder with precision, pure yarrow snarl, and deep deepness. That's Scott Sat for that. I love this song because every really, I love this song. I, no, I love this song. Ironically, like it's funny. Oh. It's funny to listen to because every lyric <laughs> scared me. Yeah, it's okay. It's, this I'm song cool. never gets anywhere close to interesting. We're still cool, right, bro? Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's cool. cool. It's still cool. Song. Still gonna jerk me off in the dumpster. Yeah, we'll bump chest later. All right, thanks. Bro. Oh, this is a perfect song dumpster? to do that to. In the dumpster? Did you say in the dumpster? That's where we always do it. Well, I know. Oh, but, oh, you know, uh, yeah. We're going in the. It's usually behind the dumpster. Right, right, right. We're going in the dumpster. All right, all right. I'm in. All right, but listen. Every listen to this song. Every lyric, every delivery of every lyric, this song—it's all hilarious. It's all—it's so stupid. Creed never disappoints. Like, I really love when he gets all emotional. It sounds like he's crying in the chorusy thing. Did you but, say Creed never disappoints? Yeah, if you want to, <laughs> he did it again. He can't keep doing that and then claim give you a hand job. And this like, is why they know, you always listen to Creed, hoping to hear a terrible song. That's what I meant. And they never. Did disappoint. you say always listen to Creed? <laughs> There's <laughs> a win. point where you can't walk back I from this statement. Yeah. <laughs> so you're putting you're putting your finger where the sun don't shine when you're yeah. jerking me off in the I, dumpster. Yeah. I, you I owe it to me, bro. I earned that. You gonna burn that. me on the podcast no. that hard? Got to do a little extra for me afterwards. Yeah. I'll I'll make it worth your okay. while. Thanks. I will say, one of my very best friends, my friend Gina Tremonti, 
is the cousin, first cousin of Mark Tremonti, guitar player from Creed. I just want to give her a shout yeah. out. And they met Gina. Yeah, Gina yeah. and uh, her cousin uh, met Scott Staff and the rest of the boys in Creed at uh, Florida State University. I presume at church because Creed <laughs> is a Christian band. That is correct. Which is <laughs> I'm going to call Scott Staff Jesus Vetter. <laughs> and I got to give him a lot of credit because he was a fucking magician. I remember talking to really? him, this true story. I remember talking to a Creed fan and telling him these guys are ripping off Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder, and they were like, "No way, bro!" And then I was like, "And they're also a Christian band," and they were like, "No way, bro!" So I don't know how they managed to do it, but they managed to fool a lot of people to buy a lot of Christian rock albums uh, yeah. and, and sound like Eddie Vedder. Kind of like grunge people just sort of looked like Jesus, didn't they? At yeah, but this guy was kind yeah, of at least a white person's version of Jesus. But he was constantly putting his arms up. Yeah. Like arms he, wide open. Was that one of that? He yeah. thought yeah. he was Jesus, which is the worst Christian rock band oh, yeah. fronted by a guy who thought the he only, was Jesus. I've heard the only reason the only thing that he's close to about Jesus is that he's well hung. <laughs> a Dave Lyons original. I love it. <laughs> I, I before we before we wrap this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to get back to what I was saying before how alternative rock used to be music for weird depressed sensitive misfits <laughs> and because once it went mainstream, people like this started hearing all those weird, misfit feelings expressed, and they got the idea that to be a serious artist who was real and authentic and uncompromising, you had to be super fucking depressing like this. And when people, when all these bands went searching for those feelings within themselves, they just didn't really find much because they weren't really weird misfits. And so that's why we have this kind of melodramatic... You know, super serious art with a capital A. Oh man, it's so terrible. I love uh, it. And now he looks like everybody's aunt. Oh, here we go. Ooh. So dramatic. Number one. Oh boy. Of course. Yeah. This has to be number one, doesn't it? Could it be anything it's, else. It's, it's the originals. This is Stone Temple Pilots with Plush. The original Ved Ringer. Yeah, I call Scott Whitwiland the Sith Lord of Ved Ringing, which is why I'm going to call him Darth Vedder. Yeah, wow. yeah that's long, a good one. Long Ooh. way to go to get to that one. I'm your feather. Yeah. Yeah. This guy knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, this okay, I want to do this genre every week to make Hunter, until Hunter's brain bleeds from trying to come up with Vedder puns. Oh, I'm sitting on one for the wrap-up. Oh, fucking yeah, bring it. Fucking bring it. I'll do this all... Weekend. I, I want to say this song, like I remember when this came out on the radio, we all thought it was Pearl Jam. This yeah. song benefited more than any other one from people actually mistaking it for Pearl yeah, Jam. This, this because 10 had just run out of singles, and this sounded like yeah. new Pearl Jam. This was the follow-up we were all craving. Yeah, yeah. It sounds an awful lot like Even Flow. Mm -hmm. well, this is, this is I'll, I'll just go through this real fast and I'll give you all the time. This is uh, this came out so fast after 10. That ringing wasn't even a thing yet, and I loved these guys because it was like getting two Pearl Jam albums in one year. Yeah, this invented the genre. I, I was listening to Top 40 Radio when this came out, and uh, 104.5 Sunny FM with Jojo <laughs> Gerard in the mornings. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. liked him. I, yeah. I, we got him in Big Rapids. Very good, very good morning DJ. But anyway, like. Uh, at night, they had a request show, and somebody actually called in and said, 
Uh, can I hear uh, Plush by Pearl Jam? <laughs> and the DJ's like, sure, here it goes. Didn't even correct her. And that's when I lost my faith in the media. Yeah. And maybe uh, maybe uh, numbers two, uh, 10 through 2 are actually ripping off Scott Weiland. Could be. Maybe. Could have been. Who knows? But this song is the one that proved you could get on the radio just by sounding like Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. And fool people, too. And yes. Is that it is Pearl Jam. Well, you know, like, if you listen to it real closely, like the guitar work isn't quite as good as Pearl Jam, and the lyrics make even less literal sense than Pearl Jam. But if you if it's just sound washing over you, it's it sounds like the real deal. It's and, not, not that bad. And the crazy thing about this and what makes it so cute is that it's uh, their second single off the album. <laughs> so it's like they didn't realize what a surefire like goldmine uh, Ved Ringer was. So they, yeah. they released another song that wasn't as Ved Ringery first, sex type thing, and this came out second. These guys, it was just fortuitous timing. Yeah. These guys are from San Diego, and so is Eddie Vedder. Do you think they were secretly like lurking around clubs waiting for him to go to Seattle? So they could like, take his sound. <laughs> All right, Probably. guys, he's gone. Just sort of Let's slide into the microphone. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Wow. I yeah, I was never a big Stone Temple Pilots fan, but. They were at least they were so much more listenable than all most of the other bands on this list because they weren't yeah. so damn serious. Well, I'd say they solidified grunge's like legacy and the fact that you could do stu- at the time you could do an imitator right off the bat and still be a pretty decent rock album, still pretty good rock album. Yeah. All right, that was a great uh, top ten list of people who sound like Eddie Vedder. Good job, us. Ved Ringers. We did it. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, what, uh, what didn't make the list? I'll tell you what I think didn't make the list. Matchbox 20 song, Busted. Check it out, everyone. Rob Thomas takes his vetting to some weird next level on this one. It's like the vowel O gets eaten by R's in his world. I'm sorry, in his world. World. Crazy. Rob Thomas does the vowels what Dick Cheney did to Iraq. <laughs> Destabilized them. Or what he does to his... <laughs> <laughs> or what he does to his friends' faces. On, on hunting on hunting oh. Shoots him off. Wow. Man. Oh. Uh, I'd pick Collective Soul, Shine. Mm-hmm. That dude sounded enough like better during the song to make the list, but the yeah in the bridge should have put it in the top five with his Mo Vetter Blues. Oh, he yeah. punned it. There's my better pun. Get him in. Get him in, boys. It's all right. So I'd, I'd like to pitch oh. my future podcast, Better Than Vetter. Songs that uh, from that genre that were way better than Pearl Jam. It's not about you, Dave. It's about Eddie Vedder puns. Only child, man. Let me have it. <laughs> I got to get mine in now. I uh, of the, of the, I, I didn't have my own ideas, but of the stuff that we had on the list, that I I'm surprised that we left off Lifehouse, and I'm also surprised we left off Fuel, especially yeah, because Fuel. whoever's the lead singer of Fuel sounds like an extra big basket of Vetter Bay biscuits. <laughs> yeah. So All right. uh, what, what was that? Uh, Hemorrhage in my hands, I yeah. think, is the one we were. Yeah. I had a long I'll list. I'll put that one as I had well. a long list of potential candidates. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, we'll be back with another unlistenable playlist by Hollywood Steve. Yeah! Oh, Jesus called, Christ. Uh, <laughs> called Easy Wickening Songs About the Occult That Don't Rock. Yeah! That is correct. Uh, find this week's Ved Ringer playlist by following JD Riznar on Spotify. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Hashtag YRPod if you feel like it. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow David Lyons at David underscore B underscore Lyons. Big news. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stairs. Hunter Stairs on Twitter.
Winter. H U N T E R S T A I R. Like the stairs you climb up, not the stairs where you creepily look at someone. Uh, you so it's for, an ironic title. Yeah. yeah. You, you signed up for Twitter and you ruined our best bit. Well, yeah, you it's guys like are our, our Simpsons couch gag. You're yeah, ruining bits. Now. Every you, single way he can think. Yeah. It wasn't catching on, and you guys were having a pissing match with the DJ from Tampa, so I thought I'd join in on the fun. <laughs> like Yacht Rock on Facebook, please. Go to yachtrock.com what, for what will hopefully one day be a useful experience. Thanks to my boy Mike Council for sending in the bumpers, and we don't always credit oh, them. But so good. Thank you. Yeah, Thank we you. want more They're from my you, favorite. Mike. We want more. I uh, don't always credit them, but additional bumpers today were by Rob Crow and Matt Lee. Thanks, Rob and Matt. Thanks to producer Dustin Marshall for telling the carpet cleaning crew to fuck off and let us record our podcast. Yeah, thanks, today. Dustin. Yeah, thanks, thanks Dustin. Dustin. And check out the other feral audio podcasts like Hour of Goon. Two rock and roll, it's newest, newest on Feral. Two rock and roll guys, Twiggy Ramirez and Fred Sablan, Sablin, Sablon. Sablin? I got it in there somewhere. They talk about life. It's free on feralaudio.com. And Fantastic. They, they might know something about uh, rock and roll. Unlike us. Yeah, unlike us. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, good job, everybody. We did it. Feral Audio.